Welcome to Grandiose Grammar. I'm Aoife, a grammar enthusiast and a lecturer at Philips Universität Marburg. This week, we're going to start to dig into the meaty topic of conditionals. I'm going to focus on the clear-cut conditionals today, so that's the zero, first, second and third conditionals. And in a future episode, I'll get into mixed conditionals, which are more complex. The zero conditional is used to refer to facts and truths. This follows this pattern. The if clause and the main clause have verbs in the present tense and no modal verbs are used. Here are some examples. If you heat water to 100 degrees Celsius at sea level, it boils. This is a universal fact or truth. If I drink too much, I throw up. This may only be true for me. If you are unkind, people feel hurt. This is a generalization. In most instances of the zero conditional, if can be replaced by when with no change in semantic meaning. When you heat water to 100 degrees Celsius, it boils. When I drink too much alcohol, I throw up. The zero conditional deals with certainties. If I drink, I get sick. If you heat water, it boils. In these examples, if the condition is met, the result will always occur regardless of the time. So it doesn't matter whether it's past, present or future. Time is unimportant because this thing is always true. The first conditional is used to indicate a real possibility in the future. The construction pattern for the first conditional is if plus a verb in the present simple. And in the main clause, you need to have a modal and an infinitive. Whether the outcome of the condition is possible or probable heavily depends on the modal verb that shows up in the main clause. Let's take a look at a few examples. If you study hard, you will pass your exams. If the condition is met, you will definitely pass. If I continue to teach online, I may consider studying for a higher diploma in online education. This is a real but uncertain possibility. Perhaps I'll do it, perhaps I won't. If she fails the class, she should do an intensive course at the language centre. This is an opinion or advice based on a real possible future outcome. If you pass the class, you can enjoy your summer break. This is a real possibility. If you pass the class, you could enjoy your summer break. This is a real but less likely possibility. If you apply on time, you might get a place. This is a real but unlikely possibility. The modal verbs all have various levels of certainty, which is why each of these real possibilities can be viewed as having different nuances of meaning. Go back and listen to episodes 18 or 19 for more on modal meaning. Of course, the if clause can include various combinations of tense and aspect and occasionally include a modal verb. I'll come back to that in a moment. If I go to the library, I'll return that book. If plus present simple. This is an action in the future. If mum is still reading the book, I won't be able to return it. This is if plus the present progressive for an unfinished action in the present. It has a real future outcome. If Tim is going, I will too. So I've got if and the present progressive. This indicates a future arrangement. If you have read that book, put it back on the shelf. If plus present perfect. This is a past action with relevance to now. And now I have something that's going to annoy some of you. If plus will plus infinitive. Will plus infinitive. That's a lot of wills and infinitives. If you will stay late today, 
you'll be able to leave early tomorrow. This is making an agreement. The will in the if clause is volitional or intentional will and it has no conditional meaning. If you will stay late, so do you want to? If you do that, you can leave early. If you will stay up until all hours, of course you'll feel tired in the morning. This expresses displeasure. Again, will has volitional meaning, if you will. So if you insist on staying up, of course you'll feel tired. There is some truth in the old adage, if and would or any other modal is not good. But this is only true if the modal is being used as a conditional in the if clause. The second conditional has two subsets of meaning. It can either relate to an imaginary present or an unlikely future. The formula you need to apply if you want to construct this form of conditional is if plus past simple, modal plus infinitive. Let's start with an imaginary present. This is an unreal condition. If I were you, I'd listen to episodes 18 and 19 too. I'm not you. This is entirely hypothetical. The condition can never be met. If I had more time, I would learn another language. Again, this is hypothetical. I don't have more time, so I can't learn another language. And an example of an unlikely but possible future is, if I won the lottery, I would consider working part-time. I could win the lottery, so this is real, but it's not very likely. In instances in which the verb be appears as the verb in the main clause, the if conditional requires a subjunctive form, if I were you or if he were you. The subjunctive is a verb form that is used with hypothetical situations, suggestions and demands. Remember that the modal verb in the main clause or result part of the conditional is the element that determines how likely something is to happen. So depending on the modal, you can have a range of meanings from quite likely to very unlikely. The third conditional always refers to an imaginary past. The condition is never met and can never be met. The formula for creating the third conditional is if plus past perfect. And then in the main clause, we have a modal plus a past participle. Here's an example. If I had eaten less cake, I wouldn't have felt sick. But my reality is that I ate too much cake and as a result, I did feel ill. There are varying levels of certainty related to the third condition. In my example, if I had eaten less cake, I wouldn't have felt sick. In terms of certainty, I'm certain of that, I'm sure. However, in this example, if you had asked, I could have helped or I might have helped. This is a real past possibility, but because you didn't ask for help, I couldn't help. If you had needed help, you should have asked. This is past advice. That's it for conditionals for today. Stay tuned for the next episode on conditionals in which I'm going to dig into mixed conditionals and I promise you that it's far less complicated than you think. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, feel free to contact me via the contact form on grandiosegrammar.com or over on Twitter. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.